This is Griffin Yao, and you're listening to RFK Refugees. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. RFK Refugees podcast. Ted here. John here. We are live for the final episode of the 2020 season to close out a what we thought would be a pretty bad 2020 season turned into a slightly okay, maybe not as bad. A last not place, as bad, not right. as bad, not as bad, not as bad. Second from last. Second, we, we did not win the wooden spoon this year. I think we can take solace that we were not DFL. So take solace, take, take your victories. John, how you doing, my friend? How was your weekend? It was long. It felt very long. It's one of those when you have a new kid uh, and you're you're in the middle of a pandemic and you can't go anywhere. The weekends can seem kind of long. So other than that, healthy. I don't have a sore throat like some some RFK refugees <laughs> co-hosts. So I'm soldiering. I, I'm I'm soldiering through right now. You are. People, you are a yes. you are a game time player. Prime time player. I am uh, I am Paul Ariola right now, you soldiering are. through. <laughs> you are. We're gonna make a documentary about your ability to 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 make this. You're gonna have a hashtag and everything for me. Yes. Um, but uh, but let's uh, let's jump into it. Uh, DC United came into this game uh, needing a win and some help. They got the help. They did not get the win. Um, that's pretty much the the fair assumption um, about that. Um, what do we? I guess you know I I. I I watched the game, you know, I watched, I caught about the last 20 minutes. I just watched the, you know, the full, full game from start to finish, watched a little, a little around lunchtime. And then I watched a little more this evening to try to try to bookend it. Um, it, I mean, it was pretty much a, another performance where offensively they looked on it. The first 10 minutes were unbelievable. They were attacking. They were going after it. Yes. Assad had a unbelievable shot that almost went in a really nice chance and opportunity. Uh, they get the first goal off a corner kick from Donovan Pines. Uh, maybe is he leading score now? I'm not sure. Nope, we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> but they get the goal, and uh, then it, so I guess the, the, so. The problem with this team to start the season was slow starts, yep. not looking energized until they gave up the goal, and then they looked energized, and then they sometimes battled back, and most of the time didn't. This time, it seems like past couple of games, at least the opposite problem. It's they start great. They get attacks. They get going. They get the goal. And then they sort of drop off, push back, and, and they allow the team back into it. So um, I, I don't know what to make of that. I mean, this was all just like, hey, let's win and see what happens uh, right. with this team. Um, I don't know. What, what, what were your thoughts yeah. sort of on that first first part? I think on that, I think on that point, you could maybe say – that the errors are less about mentality now. I think I think it, coming out flat every single game is a mentality thing, and it's yeah. and it's tactics. I think that this, I think this is just that by the end of ninety minutes, you have they have they have found and exploited all of the players that are playing out of position on your team. They have <laughs> they have dissected your defense that is holding on, that is being held together with with tape and and, and safety pins. And it just falls apart, and it just seems to keep falling apart. The offense is doing all they can do. It's, I mean, it's like a, it's like a completely different offensive team than we've been and watching for almost all. It's, it's insane. I got, I, I, I got to feel a little bit for Bill Hamid because 
he was doing everything in his power to hold this team in this game. Made some absolutely excellent saves. Uh, he has really, I've, I, I was admittedly very critical of him, uh, sort of that middle part of the season. Uh, and, but these past few games, he has played, he has, he has earned his salary and yes, DC family, I want him back next year. Um, so I, he has turned around. He, 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 uh, he kept things up. Phone lines are open. Uh, phone lines are open. Uh, same number. I don't do the streams anymore, so I don't have the number with me. So. It's, I'm assuming it's on the screen somewhere. It is. Here. It's above you, in fact. 202-905-0454. Yes. Um, but, uh, but anyway, call in. Talk about the season. What are your thoughts? How are you feeling? How are you doing? Are you happy? Well, you, no one's happy. You can't be happy missing the playoffs. I mean, but are you less sad than you were two months ago? I am. You'd have so. to be, unless you, you are crazy. I don't know how you yeah. couldn't. Um, let's just let's talk a few more points about the game. Yes. Um, it turned on its head. Like, I don't imagine. I didn't think when Helman Rivas joined this team, if you told me there's a game to play with a season on the line and he gets hurt, how are you going to feel? Would my answer have been really concerned, or would it have been like, I don't care. Why is he starting? What happened? How is yeah. this team? How has this happened? But in fact, I was very concerned because Helman Rivas and Sorga play much better together than Eric Sorga and Ola Kamara play together and that was borne out and i don't know if it's a similarity in the runs they make if it's just the type of players they are but they have no chemistry ola kamara also has no chemistry with julian gressel uh, and there was there was some points of that later on in the game that you could really see that these players do not know what each other are going to do despite having played with each other much of the entire year so you know and and I'm glad you brought up Ola Kamara because I was willing to give Ola Kamara a little bit of a pass to start the year because I'm like, the offense isn't clicking. He is only going to be as good as when you provide him service. Now it does almost seem like he's not he's not either not making the runs, he they're not finding him on the runs, or it's just it's just not there. Um yeah, I think I think that it's also a large degree of an issue of confidence at this point. Yeah, you could you could tell when he would decide to to go for it or not. He's also extremely goal hungry, but then he has an opportunity to score and lays the ball off for no reason, and and it gets yeah. intercepted. Should have been a goal there. So your decision when your decision making is that bad, it's 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 almost always due down to confidence and you know lack of lack of sharpness. Correct. But we have a we have a caller here. We've got Rich, uh, fan of the show. Wearer of T-shirts, Rich, who I bet is going to talk to us about Yamil Assad and how he hates Junior Moreno. Um, yeah, Junior Moreno has looked so bad this year. I mean, he is the most passive defensive midfielder I've ever seen. He just backs up, backs up, and he just covers space, but he doesn't mark anybody. Yeah, and also he uh, cannot shoot the ball in frame. <laughs> Which is a problem, well, kind of. He's not giving you anything offensively. That's that's a given. But so, how else did you feel about the game slash season? I sent you a list. You did. List. You did. So, let's let's go through that it, list. It, I, it, I have I have it right here. We're on, we're on a bit of a delay. I apologize. Also, it sounds like you're in the bottom of a bathtub in the middle of the ocean, <laughs> based on the <laughs> new way we're using Skype. But uh, you get your list here. About uh, Chad Ashton and uh, when when or when we should make a decision on him, um, let's go on that first. Okay, so I think that Chad Ashton, I'm okay if because of COVID they want to delay the decision on finding a coach if they don't find the right fit. You know what I mean? 
The team played better under him. They seemed happy. We went forward. We scored goals. At the beginning of the year, didn't we all say, hey, I'd rather lose a 3-2 game than lose one nothing or 2 nothing and not score anything? That's Ash- I think that might be Ashton's specialty is losing a 3-2 game. So, like you said, at least it's more entertaining. I, I-, I agree with that. Uh, Kamara and Moreno, bad, so, so bad. Rivas and Sorga improving. Do we keep Reina? What do you What do you think about uh, What do you think about the, the striker partnership that we have? Okay, so Kamara, he's he's the leading scorer, but three of those goals, I believe, were penalties. Correct. So correct. Really You're correct. Those. And the and and then if you look at the the one goal he nodded in in the penultimate game, I like that. But the whole rest of the game, he was unavailable, and he was his normal arm offside half the time and and whining and can't make anything happen. So I'm not, I think we should get rid of him. I think Reyna hasn't shown anything to keep him, but I think that, I think Rivas has shown that he can be a good holding striker. And I think that Sorga is improving. And I think that he, nobody gives him a break, but he runs, he's, he's young. Let's, let's, I think you got to put him in with Yao and, you know, all the young guys because, he really has potential, and I, I don't think we're paying him that much, and I think we should be keeping him. Yeah, he's he's cheap and young. He, he'll, he's not going anywhere. I think that's I think that's a certainty. Uh, next yeah. topic we've and I'm got... I'm keeping him. I like him. Yeah. Uh, next topic we've got, can we just play uh, Russell Knauss in defensive midfielder, and uh, who do we keep and get at, in defense? I assume you do not want Russell Knauss at right back, which if you listen to this show, anyone else, you know that we also do not want him to play right back. More center back. Right. And and I think that that's borne out. I mean, the reason why he has to keep playing right back is because, you know, we we haven't filled out our um, we haven't filled out our defense at all, really, you know? Yeah. I, I would say so, let's, let's talk about Breon for a second. What are you, what are your feelings on him? I think, you know, I think Dave Johnson called him the player of the year for DC United, which I thought was interesting. Okay. okay. I'm going to disagree with Dave, and I hate doing that because I love Dave Johnson. So disagreeing with him comes hard for me. But listen to this. He is a great defender, and you can see it. But he can't mark the guy in the box anymore. He is that They just lose him. And he's just, like, lost that ability to mark the guy in the box. Like, every time you look and there's a guy, he's marking the guy. He's pointing for somebody else to cover some guy, but he loses his own guy. And they just roll right by him and score. And he's not really on somebody. You know, like, he's got to be on there holding the guy, grabbing him, you know, being right in his face. You know, you can't let these great guys, these scorers that are that are, are uh, kryptonite loose in the middle of the box over and over and over. That's him. That's not the, that's not the wing back. That's him. You know, you I think- can't really blame Moreno because – yeah, I think we would disagree with that. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I completely. I, I think I think Brilliant's been been really good, and what he brings to the team is he maybe not as quick as he used to be. Sure, uh, he has. Everybody seems very, very much wanting him to to go away. They 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 don't like that the team hangs on to them. When you're in a salary cap league, there's only so much you can spend on a defender. He's not that expensive for a defender. And he, if he allows, if he keeps the cap open and he can at least keep us alive in games, I, I think the defensive issues stem from from the injuries, uh, and 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 more from 
playing guys out of the position, like you said, Russell Canals. And also to add to 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 defend Moreno a little bit, uh, I I think he is a he is more of a two way player than sort of an out and out defensive whole midfielder. And we've seen when he's paired with somebody who can be that destroyer, like Russell Knauss, uh, he can be very, very good. And yes, his his shots from outside the eighteen drive me crazy. Um, but I am I am not so keen. Now I'll get into this a little bit later. But I I there was a part of the article written by Ryan Kiefer that spells that the team could very well could very well exercise the option on Junior Moreno and then sell him. Because you've got Moses Nyman, who we'll talk about, I'm sure. But I, I don't. I don't know if I necessarily agree with my, with, with your assessment of of of, um, of either Moreno or or uh, uh, or Brilliant. I I I think both. I would like to have back next year um, I, under under normal circumstances. And I, I think that I think that later on in the off season, as we're really stretching for things to talk about, which will be very soon from now, <laughs> I will definitely be looking at the at the at the, at the, at the advanced statistics for Brilliant. Because I bet you that of the defensive players on our team, he had the most clearances. He had the most aerial battles won. Because last year he was he was in the top of the league in in many of those categories, uh, and and actually was receiving like some attention for defender of the year, um, or, or or best not a best eleven, but looking at sort of like the best position, best center backs in the league. So uh, I think I think that one might be an eye test versus a versus a uh, advanced statistics type of thing. But we have time okay, to talk well, about it. Can I, can I say that I would not say get rid of Briant if he's not if he's not expensive, and I don't know what the salary cap number is. He's great. I mean, obviously we don't like the guy we signed from Cincinnati because he didn't. He, they wouldn't even play him over Russell Canales, you know. But I think that we keep Briant, but you know, use him sparingly, you know, as a defensive like you know the extra guy. We need more center backs, you know. We we're so thin there, and we're thin on the wing too. Briant is only I making three hundred thousand dollars. Okay, you keep him then. Yeah, but yeah. Nyman yeah sure. And Canals and you know Assad and where are you going to find a place for Moreno in the middle? He's better than these guys. You're going to say he's a two-way player. He can't pass forward. I bet you if you look at his his overall pass completion percentage, if you took out the back passes where he's like passing back to the defender or the goalkeeper. It's like very, very rare, and he can't shoot. He contributes nothing really offensively, and he doesn't hold the ball. He doesn't dribble well. I mean, I think Segura is a better ball dribbler than, than I think Moreno, that's true. Honestly, I think so. You may I, have, I just if, don't think that. I don't think you can find some game film to show me that he's better. Yeah, he sounds like your description of him makes him sound like late career Clyde Sims, uh, and I don't. I you know I think. He, go ahead. I think he was better last year. I think that this year he's just, and I think a lot of it is the coaching. I, you know, I agree he could be better. You know, like I, I don't think he's that bad of a player. And if he's not that expensive, maybe we keep him. But where are you going to put him? So, so just just to be clear, in 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 yesterday's game, uh, he only misplayed six passes. I I don't know how to get the Opta thing to show me the exact passes, but he he if you look at his map, it's very green. Uh, for his passing that for the last game, and he had two key passes, mind you. So I, again, I, I don't. I, I know maybe there's maybe one pass you or a couple passes you maybe pick out. Uh, that maybe that's not a good. That's not a good assessment. Um, I think this might be another. Uh, 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 I, I don't. I don't think his is maybe again. You, you see a couple things, but in reality, he's doing a lot more out there on the field 
uh, than than you would think. Especially on, and on the defensive end, he's he has uh, several clearances, several recoveries. Uh, so I, I I I am not I am not one to say that this team that I think Junior Moreno is a, a much better player than I think maybe some give him credit for. Yes, I will admit his shots. Every time he lines up for a shot, I'm like, oh, this is going you know over the top, but. I, 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 I contend I, I am I am gonna and just looking at those Opta stats, I'm I'm willing to jump fully on the let let's keep Junior Moreno. Uh, I am also not opposed to the team also looking to sell him and say, hey, we we think Moses Nyman can step up um and, and, and play his role. And I would not be opposed to that either. So he is one of the senior one of the few senior players that might warrant a transfer fee. Yeah. Which and yeah. not a lot, not 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 like not money changing. But if you're if you're a national team player in South America, someone will, someone will pay for you. And let's see how let's see how he he got a lot of buzz for in Venezuela and and in, you know, let, let's see let's see what happens. Um, let's see what happens. It's, Rich, it's true, he's a national team player and he's got to be good. But you know, you've got Nyman, you've got Paredes, you've got Yao, you've Felipe. got all these guys that got to play Felipe. the field. And Felipe, well, Felipe's. Felipe, I don't know, but he's, he is a veteran, you know, but I think that you got to just, at this point, we have to get those guys playing time or, you know, what are you going to do with them? And I think Nyman of anybody, I, I love Bradis, man. I think he's awesome, but Nyman really looks like he could be a 10. And I, I don't know what you guys think about that, but I'll, I'll let you guys go and then tell me what you think about Nyman being a 10. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks All for right. calling. Thanks. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, guys. Yep, I, I I do not see him as a ten. No, I, I think don't. he's he's a much better better deep deep lying playmaker. Deep lying, yeah. Some of the some of his ability to sort of you know do recoveries, um, clearances, uh, you know, I think has been. I mean, I think I think one of the things we learned, you know, we bring up Yamil Assad. I mean, who would have thought? Uh, Yamil Assad looked really really good in the center of midfield. Yep, um, really really good. I don't know how you necessarily maybe figure out how that can work. Um, but I mean, I think that's something, something definitely, uh, definitely. I think that the team, uh, the team should look at um, for next game. Um, let's, let's kind of wrap, wrap up, wrap up the game. Obviously we, we can talk about the defensive issues uh, that, that the team had um, between giving up. You never give up three goals and, and think that things went well for you um, late, late in the game. I think they gave up the tying goal. They had to push for the winner. Um, yep. it, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate they had they had they had some chances uh, they had some uh, pretty clear cut chances of course Paul Ariola comes in, um, I, so here's the thing, when you watch Paul Ariola you could see what this team was missing, um, what this team was missing, <laughs> oh we got a uh, <laughs> we got a caller actually coming in, um, I think it's Ang- Angus Angus is here to tell me that my love for Felipe is misplaced and I'm ready to fight him yes let's go let's go Angus you on the line. Oh, oh, um, yeah, uh, and I love Felipe too. I have his jersey, so I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I think Felipe should stay too. Okay, good. Um, Never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll stand I down. That other guy was saying. I don't know what that other guy was saying about how Felipe, Felipe, he doesn't know about him. He's like apparently the behind-the-scenes heart and soul of this team. So you lose him, and you lose a gigantic locker room guy who I think you know, help the team get through what seemed to be very, very dire times. Angus, um, is he, is he, is he worth more than $500,000 on this team's salary cap to you? 
it depends on how you look on it. Look at it. Is Ola Kamara worth seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars? <laughs> Probably not. No, you got a good point there. You got a good point there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I, I, I think. I. I think. I think you will see. This team has an option. So the exercise is option. It's probably more than the five hundred thousand dollars. I could see this team going to Felipe and say, "You're coming back from ACL. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to restructure yeah. your deal." Well, you know, if they can get it down, yeah. 300 to three hundred thousand. I am all for keeping Felipe. He would do it too. Yeah, if there is a, if there is a dude on this team yeah. who yeah. is is, is mid career, he would he would he would definitely take a a haircut to be able to make this team better and make sure that he keeps his career going. I think that's yeah, undoubtable. Go ahead, Angus. And I think I I think if you also look at like. I think he has been settling down kind of in kind of in the, the DC area a little bit more. I think DC United is always flaunting that his kids are scoring goals for Alexandria or whatever. Their youth program yep. or whatever's going on over there. So I think he I think he wants to stay here as well and I think that he'll be able to take that cut. Um, I don't know about Moreno though. I think him going looking looking to move him would be a smart option, but also we need to keep Breon. I mean Yep. He was an MLS Team of the Week defender multiple times. Our, probably our most Team of the Week player anywhere yep. on the field. I, I think the league recognizes that he has class. I don't think it's amazing class. I don't think it's top defender class. But I think utilizing him as a depth piece moving forward would be fantastic. I mean, Soyberg apparently can't cut it. And people get mad about the idea of trading him for blessing, who we weren't using anyways. So you know that's kind of a a, a null, a, like a null kind of trade. I, I would um, take Latif blessing you know, over over Eric Sorga in a heartbeat. I, I'm not even kidding. No, it, would, well, yeah. it was Emmanuel Boateng, so uh, we, we, so we didn't even get the chance Emmanuel to get Latif blessing. I mean. yeah, 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 correct. But I, I, yeah, I mean, I think yeah. that I, I think that the if you if you're if somehow if next year we have uh, we have. Brianna's the rotational third center back, and you've gone out. We got to talk about Donovan Pines because I feel like I have a different take on him than apparently Twitter does. Because today I was seeing all over the DC United Twitterverse saying Donovan Pines is a guaranteed stardom every single game, first name on the team sheet center back for this team. And I do not see it. I don't. I think that he is, I think that he has very high upside, but he has. A guaranteed gaffa game, and and because of where he is in the field, that cost that costs goals, and this team can't afford to give up goals. Uh, and and I, I am you know I think that in, in a perfect world you have time to bring him along, and he becomes that long term player. But I just see too many holes in his game to anoint him as the as the starting center back next year with Burnbaum, and then say just Brian's the third guy. I, I just I think you got to have I think I think I'm I think I'm not. I don't think that's universal thought. I think I think that's sort of outside the main the mainstream. But what do you what do you think about what do you think about uh, 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 Donovan? So, as somebody with a Pines jersey in the mail, um, <laughs> <laughs> my my take my take on Pines is through a little bit of rose colored glasses. I understand that he has a lot a lot of work to do, and I don't think he is a anywhere near a you know what what a lot of people are thinking of him as because he has taken tremendous steps in his game in the past four weeks the past month we've seen him go from a very timid kind of you know stumbling bumbling donovan pines into this guy who's scoring headers left right center i mean if ola hadn't scored in the game against montreal we'd be looking at i believe it's pines Assad, and kamara 
with three goals apiece, tied for the top of the D.C. United scoring table, whatever you want to call it, the golden boot race for the team. <laughs> so I, his, his, his stature inside of the box on set pieces and that danger makes him a very quality – it makes him also a good bench option if we do decide to start Breon. And I think it all depends on where he decides to take his game this offseason. I, I don't know if you were following the press conference before. I think it was the Columbus game. They had Pines talking, and he mentioned that throughout the entire lockdown, he was basically reading Mandarin and kicking a ball around. So if he keeps that kind of work ethic up over the offseason, I think we'll see another tremendous step from him going into next season that could propel him into that, oh, we do have to start this 24-year-old center back every game because, well, he's playing really good. And you mentioned advanced analytics, and I would like to see his header-winning percentage. Um, it should be 100%. You know, He's nine feet tall. <laughs> right, exactly. But I remember in the 2018 season, I believe Burnbaum was the best. Like, he won the most headers out of any defender in the entire league. And that kind of went a little under the radar. I think every time he went up for a ball, there was a 90% chance he would win it. So if we keep seeing those numbers from Pines, then you can kind of make up and, and with Burnbaum back as well, because it's hard to say that it's all on Pines when you have Knaus, who's playing out of position. You're playing in a three-back, which we know Pines isn't comfortable with from last year. And, you know, it, putting him in the two-back, sheltering him with Mora and Burnbaum, I think, can be very beneficial for his, for his development and progress in game time. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with her. I don't know if I... I I'm, I'm, I I half agree with John that yes, as of right now, I, my starters are Brilliant and Burnbaum. I am not ruling out Pines. I do feel did make some serious steps forward in his game that were not there last year um, in confidence and, and, and ability. I will I will say that he is the third center back, but this is this next year is a year where this is this is his time. If you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it right now. If you can push out Brilliant. For that spot, or even Burnbaum, even Burnbaum. I'm not sure Burnbaum's necessarily as solid as as he was. He he did he has coming off an injury, um, pushing would, those type types of players. I, I I think he could do that. I think he still has time to do that. I would say two things about Donovan before we'll we'll, cl- we'll close the door on him. Is one, the his liability is not winning headers. It's with the ball at his feet, uh, and particularly with the way this team insists on passing out of the back and doing so in a very high wire way inside their own 18 uh, with, 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 with an offensive press coming from the other team. Um, it's very important that you're confident fast with the ball and you don't make mistakes, particularly if you're going to do it six feet from your own, from your own box. And then two, I would say that here is the, here is the universe in which I want Donovan Pines to start next year. I think great to call out that if he steals the spot, if he earns the spot from one of those two players and they're not injured and he's just earning it and in training, that's great. That's good. The other thing you could say is if this team is not going to be good next year again, and we are going to continue to rebuild and we're going to continue to play young players and we don't think we're there yet, then yeah, start him because then you do have to see what you have on him. But if you're saying we're going to spend money this off season, we're going to go for it. We're hiring a new coach. This is, this is a serious investment. Which, by the way, I do not, that's not what I think is going to happen. But if we did do that, then Pine says you, you cannot have a learning on the job center back on a team that's actually trying to win something. That would be my that would be my point. Undeniable that he's gotten better the last four weeks. I would still argue it's not good enough for a team that has aspirations. 
but keep the jersey. I think it'll. I think in the long run, you'll be happy you have it. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's right. definitely an appreciating item, that jersey. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a long-term asset. All right, yeah. I appreciate appreciate the comment. Any other last thoughts you wanna you wanna you wanna drive in? I'll let you get one last word in. Uh yeah. Um, when it comes to when it comes to the depth. And I guess off-season acquisitions. I don't really see us making the big splashes at all, like what you guys were mentioning. But I, I do see us if we're going to make an investment, and it's in a head coach. It should be. I would hope that it would be a good. And and if if we're clear about it, and that's our one big thing. Hey guys, we got a coach, and then next year he gets to spend the time evaluating the kids as opposed to trying to bring in players. I would really appreciate this. I would really like to see that. If not, and we decide to pay for players, I don't mind if they kept Ashton for one year. One year. And nothing more. If he gets a day more than 365 on his contract, I think we, as a fan base, have a right to be a little bit upset about that. Because I don't think he's earned more than a, hey, let's see what you got for the next season. Yeah, if he has a multi-year contract, I will eat a hat. <laughs> on live, it, it, live, it, on, live on the show. If they give him the job, I will eat my hat because I, I don't if – if this team made the playoffs, maybe there's an argument, but I don't see it happening. Um, anyway, thanks so much for calling, yeah. Angus. I appreciate, appreciate, you, appreciate the phone call. Yeah, guys. No problem. Keep up the good, keep up the good, the good content. It's been, it's been <laughs> nice. Thank you. Appreciate it, my friend. Appreciate it. Um, Whoops. Yeah, I mean – Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go uh, ahead. No, just saying. Just, just to, just to wrap up the game. I, I feel like we didn't give the the return of Paul Ariola to do, and I was, I was starting my thought and only got to finish it. The, the one thing I saw with Paul Ariola was, for his soccer mind and what he brings, this team sorely missed him. Yep. He got in 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 ten minutes out there on the field, he got himself two primo scoring opportunities. He just didn't have, you know, you can you can train and train and train and train all you want, but getting in a game situation, you're gonna feel rusty. Uh, he had an opportunity that I am sure if he is in season and healthy, he buries. Uh, this team sorely sorely missed him out yep. there on the field. Um, and for 2021, I, I gotta tell you that gave me even a bigger lift of like, we're gonna be okay. Things are gonna be okay. Um, for he made season. he made three slide tackles. In the first fifteen minutes, and he, was, and he earned, and he uh, he got a, earned a red card. Earned a red which card. When, uh, Petit when uh, yeah, same is going to get he's going to get he's going to get beat down. If he went out the same door where the the, the banda was, I don't think he would have made it out of there. That was <laughs> that was heinous. And also, I am extremely looking forward to uh, not assuming that he's going to fall apart and 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 die every time he plays. So I need him to play like six games in a row next season where he's just like. <laughs> not even never fallen down because it was so it was so ang- it made me so anxious watching him just just assuming the worst and then when and then the foul the red card happened off the, off the, off the ball and off the camera and Dave's like oh no uh, Paul's down holding his knee and I was like are you are you kidding me this is what I this is what I foresaw uh, and uh, luckily it was just a a awful red card and one that he got up and they were shaking their hands and. Everybody, they were they were okay with it, but I, I think most of the fans were uh, not were still ready to, to rumble. But he was good. He 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 made uh, instant impact. He did it with hustle, um, which is something that you just have and you decide to use, uh, and something his team needs sorely next year. So this is uh, better than any acquisition we were ever going to make. No player is going to be better for us next year than just having Paul 
back on the field will be. Correct. And, you know, I think we, again, I think these injuries, we, we learned a lot. Um, we learned a lot with, uh, with, with what's, uh, with what's going to happen. Um, all right. Uh, I do want to talk. I think we had the next on our outline. We had the coaching search uh, for DC United. Um, so I, I, I want to get maybe a little bit into that. Uh, basically four, um, four people going to the next next stage, so to speak, according to according to Stephen Goff's article. Ezra Hendrickson, Chris Armas, Jill Ellis, uh, and Chad Ashton. Uh, which again, I I think if again if Chad Ashton makes the playoffs and goes on a bit of a run, I think there's a better argument. I I think this is kind of like he he did enough. This is, this to is courtesy. Get this, this is courtesy. This is courtesy exactly. Um, honestly, of that list, the Jill Ellis aspect would be would be uh would be uh an amazing pr move in a lot of ways and and i don't want to say i don't doubt her ability to coach a team i think she will she will say this is not the right situation for me to walk into um i i think she has talked about she has talked about coaching the the english uh national team which i think would be a great uh, women's national team which i think would be a great position for her to walk into um they they're really really coming up um uh, my my person on this list that I that I have I have and, and again this is I have nothing to base on sort of with coaching this is my full is is Ezra Hendrickson at this point I am I am ready for for that option as a coach and that would be the one option Chris Armour is obviously not good for the New York Red Bulls who knows if that's more institutional maybe I'm I'm willing to give him another chance but um, I I think I'm I think I'm all I'm all on the Ezra Hendrickson train for for no reason in that he he seems to have oppressed the team which is which is good to hear um, so. Uh, if, if it's Clarence Seedorf, I will be pissed, considering he has played coached no longer than one season at any of his stops. Yeah. So that's that's not allowed. I won't. I will not permit that. Uh, and then I think, you know, Ezra Hendrickson is. It's so hard to evaluate the coaching ability of an assistant coach. You are entirely taking the word of the search committee. You're you're saying Dave Casper. I trust you. You evaluated this guy, and you and you like what he has to say. You like his philosophy. You like the way he develops players. That's great. I think there is still the the carrot out there of unnamed South American coaches uh, to that we have no idea who they are. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not wowed by. I'm not blown over by any of these options. To be honest, no, with you. For, no, for, I'm for, not. I mean, there's nothing for a various for for a reason or two for each of them. None of these. None and- of these are home runs. And, and I think right now we're facing so, like Jill Ellis's liabilities are, are evident. She she has many legitimate criticisms about her tactical organization. Never has coached um, a club team. Never coach. Yeah, exactly. Never coached a club team. The, those are legitimate. Even though I would argue that the U.S. women's soccer team is is closer to a club team than. Um, but you than, can't than, transfer players out. You can't acquire players. You can't true, discipline. True, true. True, true, but I mean, I mean, you gotta admit, Dave Casper's probably running that. So, um, Chris Armis, obviously, the situation in New York. All of these coaches have every coach you hire that's on this list. There is not a coach that that DC could hire, in my opinion, of anyone that's shown up on these lists that you would say, you would say, oh, that's a uh, that that's an amazing hire. That's a perfect hire. I'm sure there's a coach out there, but there's a coach DC can't afford. So you have to be kind of in that in that mindset. I just look at as I look at this list of, of the four and I'm like, well, I know I'm gonna get with Jill Ellis. I know what I'm gonna get with Chad Ashton. I know what I'm gonna get with Chris Armas. I'm I'm willing to take the roll of the dice and, and let's get the guy. He has been on several he has tons of experience as an assistant coach. Tons he, I think he's had some head coaching experience coaching um I think it was one of the 
one of the USL teams. So I look at that and I say, okay, you know what? Maybe he's he's earned a shot. And if he's a guy who can mold some of these young players, I, I am all for I am all for this. Uh, Eleven uh, years of coaching experience is certainly an attribute that Ben yeah. Olsen did not have when he took his first head coaching yep. job. Yeah. So there's so. that. I, I think I think you're right, and I think Angus just said it in the comments. Were you expecting to be impressed by the coaching options? Nope, absolutely not. <laughs> and I guess not really. And and and, yeah. it has, and it has and it has come to that. Like it has, we have gotten what we assumed we would get. Um, it, every like I say, everyone there's going to be drawbacks to every 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 single coach. Every single coach is going to have an either an unknown or a drawback. I'm I'm favoring the unknown versus the drawbacks. I think is what and, I'm saying. And then the last thing on this, I think, is that an interesting little tidbit from the the golf article is that Ben Olson is actually part of the coaching search committee <laughs> and will be and will be doing the interviews. It's nothing. There's got to be nothing like uh, interviewing your replacement um, after you've already been fired. That's that's an, <laughs> un, that's an unusual situation. His first question, what do you feel about grit? What does the word yeah. grit mean? <laughs> so the last coach who was here 10 years, what do you think of him? Just just curious. What are your what are your thoughts on bearded defensive bid bearded midfielders? Uh let's uh let's do this thing that every podcast does at the end of seasons, uh, where you look at the roster as it was constructed and look at what you're gonna do next year. You're gonna Yeah, and, and, and we're defense. not gonna do every single player because that would be that 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 would be that would be a little uh, a little insane and certainly not something we could do in the show. And we're not going to talk about guys we know are going to be back. We know Edison Flores is going to be back. We know Kevin Gressel is Julian Gressel is going to be back. Paul Riola is going to be back. We're not going to go through every single player. We have highlighted, and I think it's 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 going to pop up pop up on the screen if it hasn't already hasn't already it has. Uh, we have highlighted this actually, and we'll give full credit. This this came from. Ryan Kiefer's article in Black and Red United, who outlined these players as basically the players, um, and I'm going to add a couple in there that that maybe do have contracts that maybe there'll be some decisions on. Um, uh, these are most of these players, if not all of them, are guys that have an option for next year. So DC has a choice, and hopefully they don't drop this list. I think like Cincinnati, like they they, they clearly already knew they dropped as soon as like the final whistle blew, they dropped their list of who they're keeping and who they're taking. Um, so we have Chris Seitz. Uh, O'Neill Fisher, Joseph Mora, Alex Shoreberg, Junior Moreno, Ulysses Segura, Felipe, Jordi Reyna, Mohamed Abu, Earl Edwards uh, Jr., Chris Odiatsum, and um, I am throwing in – this was not on the list, but I am throwing in Ola Kamara into this list. So let's start at the top, Chris Seitz. John, do you want him back next year? Chris Seitz is making a decent amount of money. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, uh, but he is making – for an MLS backup, he's doing uh, pretty well considering he is a former starter in other places. Uh, he got pressed into starting duty more than you would have wanted him to, I think, this year, due to mm. reasons we don't even ever really actually know. Just it just happened. He kept he had to play. Um, I think that they want to see what they've got um, from other backups. I think that they want to save money places, and I think the best place to save money on a team where you don't think you're necessarily going to compete is probably backup goalie. So they may look at Earl Edwards Jr. to play actually this year, and they may look at they may look at their their Loudon roster and up a third goalkeeper potentially um simon lefebvre who is also nine feet tall like donovan pines yeah and you know i i really like chris sites um if 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 you know the history of of dc united backup goalkeepers uh it, it tends to be pretty good maybe with the exception of andrew dykstra uh sorry andrew love love you man um but uh you have uh you have Joe Willis back up for Bill Hamid, who has now been a they, starter for like a million years for two different teams for Houston and now for Nashville. You have, uh, oh goodness gracious, why am I forgetting Portland goalkeeper's name now? Steve I'm, Clark. 
Steve Clark, who was a backup goalkeeper for uh, for DC for so long, now is the starter for Portland. Both teams, which are in the playoffs, and DC is not. So, um, you know, I think I think I I I would say if salary non contents, I think you're right. I think maybe they don't exercise his option. He's making around two hundred thousand dollars this year, according to transfer market. Ooh, yeah. The, if you're looking, if you're really trying to shave off salary, <laughs> then 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 that's the way you do it. And then yeah, and, you, and promote, you, promote, you promote Earl Edwards Jr. and then you look you look to the draft and you say, where can I find a goalkeeper in the draft that can. Angus said, uh, Chris says has 20 kids. He needs that money. And he does have 20 kids. And he does need that money. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't... It's true. And his... his yes. We'll, we'll put an X by him. I think we'll we'll try to save money for, for other players here. All right. Uh, next on the list is O'Neal Fisher. Coming back from injury. Uh, probably yeah. didn't... Probably would not have said this was a, his best season and probably what he hoped when he was uh, coming back from injury. What do you uh, What do you think about him? I am... So how much is he making? Seven, at seventy thousand dollars, which I think is his salary. I'm looking at the salary. Um, I think this is actually from last year, so maybe it's gone up a little bit. Um, but uh, with his salary, I would I would contend that he. I, I would like to see him back. Transfer market says three hundred thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> Wait, as salary or yeah, yeah. yeah. Was that value? I, I I I don't I don't buy that. It could be value. I gotta learn how to use this website. That that that's value. That's value. That's, value. that's value. that's not salary, John. Um, and then I would even ask what what uh, Chris Seitz's salary was then. Um, this they, I don't think they released the salaries this year, so this is actually harder than it used to be. It used to be a lot easier. I think with the COVID and everything, I don't, I don't think anybody. We'll throw money out then. We'll just we'll just evaluate on on players' skill then. Yeah, and you know, I I I would contend that. You know, finding wingbacks is very hard. I don't think it's it rules out them out going out to find somebody else. I think you need to, because right now you're looking at potentially just two wingbacks right now. Um, it's very difficult to find wingbacks that can play in MLS. I think both Fisher and Enodiatsim, who we'll talk about, bring a lot to this team. Um, and, and I want them back next year. I, I, I don't think their salary is as big that you would pay more and get something better. So I, I, I am – and we all, sorry, Joseph Moore as well. Um, so both though I think you have those three guys. You have you have at least a very solid wingback core. Maybe you bring somebody else in to see who can challenge one of those two or to create some competition. But um, and that's even competition in of itself. You know, Moore is Moore is a good player, but he's not a you know a pen in starter. Uh, Fisher's a good player, but he's not a pen in starter. Odiatsum's a good player. So you're keeping so, you're keeping Fisher. I'm keeping Fisher. I am getting rid of Fisher. If we have, if we have the ability to do two different signs, producer Brian at once, which I bet you figured out how to do. Uh, that is that is what I, I would say. He was not himself this year, and I think that he had long enough to find a way to get there. And I think he still showed that he has lost some speed, and his decision making wasn't as good as it used to be. I think that that is a position that needs a lot of improvement, and I think you can't keep everybody if you want to have it improved. So I would I would get rid of him. Hey, and he and and of course, producer Brian was able to do this on the fly. Uh, so now I'm on the left, you're on the right Dang, for our chart. Good. Joseph good. Mora. Keep, keep, yeah, 100%. Uh, we're not even gonna get into it. He's he's yeah. he's a he's a <laughs> this he's, is, next one. Next one's gonna be Alex Shorberg. Get rid Go of. Go on. <laughs> he is not. He's not gonna be back next year. Um, if you're starting Russell Canals at center back and he is not even making the field, then you, you know exactly where he stands. Uh, Junior Moreno. I think we've kind of talked about this in the part of the show. I'm 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 for keeping him. I think he should definitely be around next year. Yeah, I don't. I think that defensive midfield. I think now you have with, with Moses Nyman being a factor of a guy you want to start as much as possible. 
Uh, Felipe coming back on a high salary if you're going to keep him, which I think we'll talk about here in a second. I think if you're going to, um, it gets a little. You're going to have you want Canales to play there. I think that maybe of those players, if you want to get rid of a player that has um, a little bit of value externally and who you don't think has a whole bunch of additional growth or upside, I think you probably get rid of Moreno there. Uh, I don't know how much you can get for him. Probably not too much, but and I don't know, and I don't know what your plans are to fill the additional roster spots. But I think that he he's a good player. I think you talked about the quiet ways in which he's a decent player and, and that he goes unnoticed. Uh, this last game being a decent example of that. Um, but I think if you've got to, if you've got to make a decision about about sort of roster spots and, and spaces, I would I could potentially see selling him if you could if you could do and, that. And his his by the way, his market value according to the transfer market is one point one one million dollars. If you get that's an offer that's like that, pre-COVID, right? That's good. These are not COVID-adjusted numbers. Fair, <laughs> fair, fair. But I mean, this transfer market has, according to this website, gone up again. Who knows? I, I am, I am, I am still on the side of keeping him. If, if you get an offer, if you get an offer that is worthwhile, that is worth listening to, then yes, I think you have to consider selling them because you have to rely that Moses Nyman that gives Moses Nyman an opportunity to to sort of step up. But for right now, I, I say, I say you keep him. Um, Ulysses Segura. Just so Brian has it, I'm going to say get rid of him. Get rid of him. Okay. Ulysses Segura, gone. I I think it's time. Ben Olsen's favorite player. It's long past time. He's he's a guy I think you can can figure out some room and you can make some room. And and he's a guy. He was always kind of the line for the longest time. Like he was either the line between starting and, and on the bench. I think he picked up an injury. Um, so he's actually funny enough. He's a guy I, I've really forgotten about. <laughs> I actually looked at the list and I saw, oh yeah, Segura. He's still on this team, isn't he? So um, I, I am on the get rid of him. I'm going to shock you. I, w- I, w- I would keep him. Oh, okay. I think I think if used correctly and not as a penciled in starter the way that Ben Olsen viewed him, but as a player that you want from a possession perspective in the midfield late in the game with a lead. If you want someone who has some characteristics of Paul Ariola as far as effort and defensive doggedness and the ability to dribble through people, which is a skill that I think he probably doesn't get credit for, but not a goal scorer, not as a not as a backup forward, and not as a, as a wing player that you're expecting to, to to be dangerous, then I think that there's value in him. I don't think he's super expensive. I don't have it in front of me, um, but I I would I would I would keep him out of out of uh, the other midfield players. I think there's potential value just it, it's all about what you expect out of him and what you're asking out of him see the way i look at it now is where right now where do you play him do you play him center midfield well you've got you know for assuming we're keeping felipe which we said brings a lot to this team and i agree with that and i think they should definitely pursue getting him down to a lower salary but they should they should keep him um if you if you look at um if you look at the outside well now you got griffin Yao, you got kevin paredes You've got, you know, Steve, Julian Gressel. You've got uh, Paul Ariola. Putting him out there, I think, takes away from those two younger players from being a chance at the wing. Uh, and, and then, you know, you look, obviously, no no reason he should be playing striker next year. No. If he's playing striker, something has gone horribly, horribly wrong with either who they've hired as coach or what the team's position is. I, I don't know. I am, I am, I am of the opinion that 
that it, it is time for this team to move on. You now have younger players that have stepped up and have a higher ceiling and have played, I think, give, give you more. And I think you you send that message to them that, hey, you guys are now the future by by saying, you know what, Segura, it's, it's time. Thanks so much. You know, I, I'm sure there'll be another team. I could see an expansion Austin picking them up. I could see, you know, another team picking them up in the reentry draft. I think he would be a solid sort of filler piece for, for another team. But I think it's time for this team to, to, to say, their, say their goodbyes to Segura. Now, I did not think I would be a Segura defender at any point. If you, did, <laughs> if, you, if you did a control F Segura for anything I've ever talked about on this podcast, this may be the first time I've been complimentary, but I, I, that's the way I feel. All right. This next one is, uh, I think we're, well, maybe we won't agree. All right. Well, Kamara, make your, state your case. About- uh, I mean, I, I have, I have been, this, this will be, this will be my shame. I will hang this <laughs> on my hat forever. I talked up all Kamara so much. I really thought at the beginning of the year, this team was built to serve him the ball, to, to, to get the ball on his feet and score. It didn't happen. And Regardless of whether we can say it's his completely his fault, I don't think it's entirely his fault. But I, you know, I wrote the article about Ben. You know, 2020 is not Ben's fault, but that doesn't mean he should be here next year. Uh, you know, how 2020 is gone is there's a lot of things that have been out of his control. There's a lot of things I think that are out of Ola Kamara's control. It, it hasn't worked. The team, I think, will. I, 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 based on how he's looked on the field, I could see the team saying, you know what, Ola, it's not working out. Let's work out a way we can end this, or you know, let's let's figure out a trade to another team. I think he'll either be traded or he will be he will be uh, cut, uh, or they will work out a way to part ways in, in a certain sense. Uh, but who knows? Maybe the coach comes in and says, "No, no, no, I can make it work." So, um, but I think it's an X for me. No, sorry, sorry, Ola. All right, I actually kind of changed my mind as I was as I was listening to you. Um, his confidence is shot right now. Uh, with this team, he has no chemistry, like I said earlier on in the year, earlier on in this episode, rather. Um, I think we're going to, I think he's going to go. I think, I think, like you said, I do think that there is, he will, he will be able to score goals in another setting. I think if he is able to get off to a good start somewhere else and gets the kind of service he likes, which is very particular, he has, he has, he has got, he has taken on the Luciano Acosta remonstrator role. The man, the man throws his arms all over the place when he doesn't get what he wants, which is all the time. Um, but I think that he's going to do well somewhere else. But I think that what he did give this team and what he might give this team if things work out, you can get somewhere else. He's not, it's not irreplaceable. Yeah, it's 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 very MLS replacement level striker. So um, time to time to move on. I was going to say keep him and see if he can come good next year, uh, but I would prefer to see someone else start. Yeah, and and I think that's what's ultimately going to happen. Um, all right, so I, I I'm not looking at the stream right now. I guess the next one Felipe, I Felipe. Oh, I th- I forgot we missed him. So I, I I was I have been someone who has said again, it's the salary that gets me. I will say keep him with an asterisk in that if they can negotiate him down to a lower salary, I salary, I am all for this team keeping Felipe. So it's yes with a with a with an asterisk. I say yes no matter what. If he wants, if he wants his money, get his money. I think that there's, I think we're gonna have room under the salary cap available, just because we're not gonna, that, just because we're not gonna maximize our roster spots. Maybe so. we do. And and you know, I, I would, I would, I would be fully supportive of Felipe saying, nope, I want, my, I want my money. Give me my money. Fully supportive of that. From a team perspective, uh, I'm not sure I, I, I want the team spending that money when 
we could potentially be used elsewhere. And like I said, Moses Nyman has really changed my perspective on a lot of this team. I really was like, man, we need a real help in center midfield. And then I see him play. He's really changed a lot of how, how I kind of have thought about this team. Uh, Muhammad Abu. I'm sorry. I, I think we're actually Jordi Reyna is next yep. um, on the list. Uh, Jordi Reyna. Um, Incomplete. I, he's, got an, he's got an eye. I've given him an eye. Incomplete grade for this year. I think that he yeah. is... He has got a, from what I understand, a pretty lucrative option uh, for next year. I think a team held option. If we pick it up, we owe Vancouver more money. Um, he has, he's had a couple good games. He's had a couple games where he's been invisible. He's been not, not available uh, due to COVID, and I think due to other stuff too. Um, I don't know what, but as far as like, I don't think it was COVID every time. And I think sometimes it's just fitness. Yeah, I, I think he's. I think he'll probably stay. I think he'll probably be here. I, I'm sure the team. Having made this trade and having pretty being bereft of proven goal scorers, it's more likely that they'll keep him, knowing that he has scored an MLS and will probably come good. Um, but I, th- I I think that it's entirely possible that he has a year next year that we're not impressed with and he moves on uh, the following year. But we're I think we're going to keep him. So say green green for John. He he's another one I'm going to say green with an asterisk. If we feel like we really cannot find anyone else anyone else that can do his fill his shoes or that can do the job he does then by all means i i i think he should stay um because i i think he's an incredibly talented he's a head case but he from from all from what we've seen uh there's some you know off the field issues that 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 are concerning but i think he could stay and you know if anything it 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 might be worth it for you have yordi reina the peruvians the peruvian uh uh, teammates, um, the Peruvian connection. It, it may be one of the best places he has to be successful if 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 um, if Edison Flores can can step up as well. Uh, the next one's going to hurt me. The next one's going to hurt me. Um, is 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 Mohamed Abu? Uh, that this one's going to hurt because I'm going to have to give it an X. Um, and I, it's not again. It's not fair to him. Uh, it's not fair to him at all. Um, but he got injured at the worst. He was really coming around. And he just he got injured at the worst time. And I think that's just gonna that's gonna do it for me. I'm sorry, and and we just I feel like he's another option where you you have superfluous options that you can maybe explore. You've got young guys stepping up, and I feel like he would be taking one of those spots. So he's a lone sorry. player, so yeah. it makes it easier for us. Uh, you're probably not gonna retain a lone player coming off of a a, a knee a knee surgery. I think that he really in it. He's one of those guys that made a made a the most of a very small sample size. Um, he had he had a three game period where he could not make a mistake in passing, and I think it was so notable because at, up to that point, our midfield uh, had lost the ability to keep the ball or make or make key passes. Um, so he was a sort of a breath of fresh air, and then he got hurt. Um, I think he's on loan. I think it's not going to matter. I think he's gone. I think you could probably find that elsewhere. But he did. I did. I did enjoy watching him in the very brief amount of time he played. I think we should probably said probably should have seen him earlier in the year than we did. That was probably yeah. a mistake on Ben's part. Yeah, and uh, Earl Edwards Jr. is the next one on the list, and uh, I, I, I mean, right now I think he's a keep just because he's probably cheap, and the team might want to push him up to that to that number two spot and look maybe in the draft elsewhere. So yep. I, I think he, he's right now a keep. Keep for me too. I think there's uh, you save money where you can, and obviously if he was if he was awful, he would uh, he they they would probably have been. Uh, looking more at Simon Lefebvre and looking at the other options in there, Loudon, and they didn't. So I think keep him. Yeah. 
last one on the list is Chris Odiatsum. Um, so th- this is one that uh, I-, I was surprised by some of the fan comments that they I, I mean, it- it- if, I- if I'm on the fence about whether to keep Fisher, I, I think Chris Odiatsum has done a lot to earn himself a roster spot. It's not just it's not just because of the story. He's actually played really, really well out there on on the wing. And and I would I think right now it's Joseph Mora and Chris Odiatsum as the as the starting right left back combination on this team. Um, as sort of the wing back on this team. I'm not sure who plays where, but it, that's what I think it is right now. Maybe you maybe you keep, maybe you switch them around, reverse them, see 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 what's better. Um so I, I'm I'm a Chris Odiatsum fan, so I'm I'm a keep on Chris. I am a keep too. I, I do. I, I don't know if I am uh, penciling him as as a starter on a good team, um, or a team that's making uh, deep runs in the playoffs. But if you're just saying that the, of what this team is likely to provide and and bring in, he's better. I think he's of what we have. He's the best. I think. Is that what you're saying? And, 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 yeah, and, and I think that they are. I think that there will be some people brought in to. Uh, to challenge for those positions. I would just say right now looking at it, I think it's right now it's it's between it's more an Odiatsum and then it's Fisher on the bench and then we'll see who they bring in. Um and uh you know we we did talk about this a lot, but producer Brian brings up are we a good team? Is this what are we what are where do we I feel like this is this is a this is like a a team where it was a smoldering trash fire and then it all burned down, and then we slowly started to build the framework, and you could start to see something that if they could nail a couple more pieces on this team, if they can nail maybe a, a signing, a good signing at forward, maybe it's Jordi Reina, maybe it's someone else, that they can sure up that back line. I mean, I would say the injuries have forced us to see some some good depth here. I am I am more bullish on this team than I was two months ago. We'll see what the transfer window brings us. We'll see what the team's finances are. There's a lot of question marks about things outside of this lineup. Um, I, I would say the way this team paid the last two months, if they had played like that in the MLS's back tournament, if they had played like that before Ben Olsen's letting go, I think we would be talking about this team in the playoffs. And I'm not sure where they would fall, but if they played the way they played this this last you know couple weeks, month of the season, I firmly believe they would be in the playoffs right now. Um, and that's, and, and I would, I would even say they could probably go as high as making the actual playoffs before COVID screwed everything up. Um, like the, not, not the ninth or 10th spot, but maybe the eighth, seventh or sixth spot. Um, so there, that is where I think this team is. Um, I think there's talent on this field. There is a good building. There's at least a good base that any coach coming in can take it and, number of different directions and it's about finding that right coach that can do that 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 is the you can you can fail everything else but if you can find a good coach you are going to you're going to have a good time so i would say we are a good proportion of a good team i think we're 75 percent of a good team i think that uh depth you, you you made a big good point that we found out what our depth is because of the injuries i would still say that the depth is where this team falls from being a good team to not being a good team. And I think that defensively, even in this spell, the defense was not anything to write home about. They basically said, we're going to, we're going to mortgage some of the defensive stability for some offensive capability because we've had none. Uh, And and that's the, at the the bottom of the table, that's what you got to do. 
We 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 no longer gave our defensive our backline a shield with two defensive midfielders. Um, it was a change in philosophy that netted better looking soccer for sure and some results um, just against some pretty bad teams that we we happened to run against at the end of the year. Uh, but I think that. Uh, we are we are on our way to being a good team, and there are certainly changes that need to occur, and we talked about some of them. Uh, Coaching is going to be huge, but I also think figuring out a way to be more stout defensively while keeping that same level of dangerousness up front, and also having a, 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 a double-digit goal scorer that can convert all the chances that are being created, I think then we're dangerous, and then we're a good team. Yeah, yeah, and then, like I said, they, they still have to nail some things. I just think I think there's a foundation here that I'm not sure two months ago I would have said was there. I, I think it's there. I think it's clearly there. Uh, and, and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with the new coach. We'll see what happens in the draft. This team is going to have a fairly high draft pick. Third. Uh, third, third draft pick, I guess, assuming the expansion. Austin comes in, so I'm not sure, I think, if that. Are you are you, are you you including them in that, in that count? Yep. So we'll have a third-round draft pick, which the draft is, is thin, um, I'm not sure how COVID. This might be the worst time to have a draft pick because who knows how much, uh, how much college soccer is going on right now. But um, I did a little work. I did a little examination about looking about the first round draft pick outcomes. Daryl, mm-hmm. Daryl, is it DK from UVA who plays for yes. Orlando? Uh, yes. He's had a good year. There were a few players that had double digit starts. No one that no one no no real goal scorers of note other than DK. Um, you know, players that sort of were rotational players, which is all you can really expect from a first-round draft pick at this point. Uh, like Ted intimated, uh, if you're good, you've you've somehow passed through an academy at some point. At, at, at the, from now on, like a lot of those players are being scooped up before they hit the the college scene or even the draft. So it's not it's not the it's not the prize that it would have used to have been. So it's it, not. It, 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 It'll be interesting as we get closer to the draft to bring um, to bring. Well, I'm sure we'll have Travis Clark in here, who is the the Mel Kiper of American <laughs> soccer, and I'm sure I, 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 that'll be the first question to ask him. Like, how do you scout when several teams aren't playing? You know, obviously your top programs are playing. I, I see it scroll through. You know, but how do you how do you judge or how do you analyze? You know, will there even be a lot of players that you know th- this didn't count against their eligibility? Will there be some players that'll be like, no, I'm going to stay for another season? Um, I, I'll be very curious to see what the draft is going to look like uh, th- this year. Whether whether there are there's still going to be players or there are going to be uh, are there or they're not. So and and I tried to look on top drawer just to see who they're like top 100 and just look at the third base player. Uh, th- if there's one thing, it's been a, a little while since DC's had a high draft pick, but I will say that one thing they did very well in, in a lot of those 10 years was they did fairly well in the draft, and I think the the talent waned in the draft. I mean, Odi Atsum was a draft pick and he's still a regular contributor for this team. So they still tend to do with that early draft pick. They, they have, they have had a higher hit rate than a lot of other teams. Um, so, and, and he was 12th. So just to go back in time here, Simon Lefebvre, uh, was the 21st overall pick. Akeem Ward, who, uh, was here for a minute and now he plays in the USL. Odi Atsum has mentioned Julian Boucher, who is a very good-looking man, but is no longer playing? I believe at this point. I think and again, he, I, again, I think that I think that has to do that. Those were the they hit a we hit a a very high sort of, uh, and I think we traded out. We did we trade out in the 2017 draft? 18. I believe 
18, right. Because we were 17, we were bad, and then we, we traded out in 2018, got some gam for that. But, but just, to, just to close that out, Boucher in 16, Miguel Aguilar in 15, who I recall at the time everyone assumed was... <laughs> we were all like, he's great. He's fantastic. And uh, I think he played LA Galaxy 2 for like a, a minute and then is out of soccer. But, but before that, here are the picks that we had. Burnbaum, Taylor Kemp, Nick DeLeon, Perry Kitchen, Chris Pontius, Rodney Wallace. Like just 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 slate it from 2009 on. Yeah, yeah, and and again, I think that has a lot more to do with the, the, state of the, the draft. later the later picks have to do with the the shrinking class and a lot of other things. Now this is the first, this is probably the highest pick they've had in in a while. Yes, because uh, they traded out in 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 2017. All right, folks, I think that's going to wrap. Uh, again, thank you all so so much for sticking us out this season. This has been 2020 has been an odd year. Hopefully, hopefully 2021 will be a better year. Wear your mask, please. Wear your mask. Yeah. I, 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 let's you know. get let's get through this. Let, let's get back to to, to to normal soccer where we can go to the games. Um got remember we did the live remember we did the live show. We did that the was live this show. Season. That was that was this season. <laughs> Does not feel like it. It feels like a, a decade ago. Right. This season this that. season I want to say was a real uh was a labor of love for for Ted and Brian and myself. Uh the the podcasting game is not as uh, as vibrant when no one has a commute anymore, and when no one and everyone you would assume people would listen to more podcasts when they're stuck inside, but it turns out that the last thing they want to do when they are cleaning their house is listen to fifty five minutes of Ted and I talk about DC United about a team that's in last place uh, up until very recently. Um, but I want to thank everyone that continues to listen to the show. I want to thank the people that participate in our live, the, the live stream shows. I want to thank anyone who bought a t-shirt. I want to thank anyone who reads our very intermittently updated website, which hopefully we'll do more of. Uh, but this year has been a grind. Uh, it's been a grind uh, for, for me. I have a new baby. I have a very understanding wife that um, all my baby sleeps now, so I can do this now. It's not as, as hard, but at the beginning it was, not, it was not as, it was not as simple. <laughs> Ted Ted has Ted has all the things that he has going on in his life. He actually still referees. I don't know how at his at his advanced age of thirty one years old or thirty one is that right? 32? 29. Twenty nine. Oh, jeez. Twenty nine. Well, don't worry. He won't be doing it when he's my age. Let's just say that. <laughs> uh, uh, you you wait, my friend. I'll all right. Well, in six years, we'll we'll yes. find that out. But any just just suffice it to say, uh, thank you for uh, encouraging us to keep doing it, even in a, in a time where it doesn't really feel like. Uh, it might be worth it because the team is bad and, 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 and the numbers aren't what they maybe were before, but, um, we, we do appreciate you keeping us doing it. We're, we're not stopping. We're, we're getting better. It, you may not, you may not believe it, but 125 episodes in, I think we're getting better. Uh, the, the, the quality of the live shows are getting better. Um, we're producer. returning the quality of the of the podcast, I think, because yep. that apparently had dipped a little bit. That's getting better. Producer Brian yes. is making us uh, look much better than we should look. And next year is a year of of excitement. This year was a year of just sort of muddling through a the the zombie coaching career of Ben Olsen dragging finally <laughs> over the line, where now Olsen out is no longer a consideration or something we're ever going to see in our Twitter mentions. Next year is about new beginnings. It's about hopefully finding a way out of this pandemic that seems to never end and hopefully getting us back in Audi Field together because I don't know about you guys, but uh, I miss it a lot. I miss it more than I, I thought I would when the season started. 
Um, I, I need it. So I'm, I'm, I can't wait till that happens. I can't wait till we can do another live show. Uh, that was an awesome thing for us to have gotten the opportunity to do. And we're going to do it again as soon as it's soon as humanly possible. Um, and I think now, uh, it's just about continuing to, to, you know, go forward and, and, and try to find more things to, to bring this, the community together and talk about DC United. It's a small group guys. We're a, yeah. we're a niche, we're a niche team in a niche sport and a or in a niche league and, and in America, a niche sport. And so we're a very small community that needs to be nice to each other. And we need to not, I, I think I saw it yesterday. People were still, there was some, like some sniping about supporters groups. There aren't enough of us guys. <laughs> we, we are, we are, we like a, we like a very particular thing. So it means a lot that we have communities built around these shows, uh, like this. And, uh, you know, just, just be nice to everybody. And we all want, we all want to see this team do well. And hopefully next year. Yeah. Like pro soup said, we're united. That's uh, that's uh, that's uh, that's who we are, and it's what this it's what this whole community is. So, long way of saying thank you, and we're gonna keep doing shows uh, less frequency during the off season. Yeah. Uh, I think I, in two I, weeks, I think is our next uh, our next planned show. I think we're gonna go two weeks out. We'll, we'll see what happens. We got the playoffs coming up, the very weird playoffs. Hopefully, they will be the one soccer league in America who can finish their playoffs. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Um, and, of course, obviously, now that we've said two weeks, DC's going to hire their coach next week. Just watch it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Shout, <laughs> but out, anyway. shout out to the Discord. I've, I've been told make sure you join. Uh, there's a DC United Discord that I have now taken to writing on all the time during games because it's more fun than live tweeting. Also, we have a Discord that no one talks in anymore. But now that I'm on Discord all the time, uh, you, can, you can maybe join that as well. Absolutely. All right. Thank you all so so much for listening this year. Uh, we're doing. We're gonna keep. We're gonna keep going. We're going into 2021 and, and, and beyond. So thank you all again so much for your support. Everything you guys do, we do the show for you all. Um, and uh, we'll catch you guys uh, next season. Almost. Almost.